For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hi, I'm Destiny Blue, the anime artist, and I like drawing and the Geek Show, which you are currently listening to. How are you doing, Tucky? I'm fine. <laughs> and welcome to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM. It's a very warm and humid day here in CVFM land. Cutty Clarty, like. Hey? Cutty Clarty. Clarty. As you can probably hear, Tucky is from Sunderland. He is the organiser of SunnyCon. He's joined us today for The Geek Show. And we're going to be talking a bit later about SunnyCon, which is coming on June the 22nd and June the 23rd. But in the meantime... We have today's show, which is all about technology and the internet, plus Sunny Gun. And we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, various things like using the internet as a plot device, various things like that. So, yes, uh, it's going to be interesting and fun. And, yeah. Yeah. And we are joined now by a lovely Dave. Hello. Uh, wrong one. <laughs> just ran up the stairs, so uh, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Dave has just run up the stairs. A wild Dave, even. Hello, guys. How's it hanging? And there is also a wild Ben. Hey. Hello. Sorry we're late. <laughs> I've got a note from my mum. You got a note from, from your mum. Dave, have you lost knees or something? Uh, I'm missing a chair, but I'll get one in a second. All right, okay. Uh, well, we've got news. We've got various, uh, various bits of news, but Dave and Ben have been working on something interesting. Have we? Yes. 
videos. Oh, yes. Uh, Not those kind of videos. Let me just specify that. <laughs> they are well, we do in our private lives. None of your business. <laughs> yeah, but you're doing it in the Yellow Snow offices. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. Over the past few weeks, uh, we've been putting a little, uh, little bit of uh, video content together for the Geek Show. Um, it'll be going up on the uh, official YouTubes very soon. Uh, but there's a few few things there and a little bit of a taster of what's to come in the future. Fantastic. Including the uh, Animex interview should be up soon. Yes. With uh, fully live action filmed real people. Yes. You can see their faces and stuff. Yeah. It's going to be in full motion video. Oh, yes. Rex's <laughs> amazing moustache is even be- more beautiful in 1080p. <laughs> Right, anyway, we've got some news for everybody today, uh, starting off with the BBC uh, saying that they've found the biggest dinosaur ever and a brilliant picture of a guy lying next to a board. <laughs> Lolborn. That's just like, uh, yeah, uh, there's all sorts of euphemistic jokes there. Obviously. You know what? Looking at that photo, it, uh, uh, it looks like a great advert for a pillow. It's like, he it, looks more happy does, than those it people. Does, you, know the, you know those, uh, what was it, uh, the adverts with the hippos? Yeah. You know, the mattress <laughs> adverts. It looks like one of those, or something for, like, he, one of those uh, memory foam mattresses. Memory foam bone. He looks more comfortable than the people who are trying to look comfortable in those adverts. Yes. Scientists discover your mom's last KFC bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Morningwood. Um... <laughs> Anyway, um, the fossilised bones of a dinosaur believed to be the largest creature ever to walk the Earth have been unearthed in Argentina, according to paleontologists. It's based on its huge thigh bones. Uh, it was 40 metres, or 130 feet long, and 20 metres tall. And it, weighed around, it would have weighed around 77 tonnes. It was as heavy as 14 African elephants, and 7 tonnes heavier than the previous record holder, Argentinosaurus. Is it bigger <laughs> than a blue whale? Because that is the record holder of the biggest animal on the planet. Yeah, ever. But this is the biggest land-dwelling animal. Okay. They, are, they have actually specified the biggest land-dwelling animal. Blue whale is still the biggest animal. Um, anyway, scientists believe it's a new species of titanosaur, an enormous herbivore dating from the late Cretaceous period. Attack on titanosaur. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a get in there yeah, first. Anna, local farm worker stumbled on the remains in the desert near La Flecha, about 250 kilometres west of Trelu in Patagonia. Hmm. So, yeah. Huge dinosaurs. You stumble across a huge dinosaur. Yeah, how do you... How, uh, how do you miss it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got the, the image of people going past, like, oh, I walk past that every day, I had no idea. It just looks like a huge thigh bone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, big dinosaurs. We knew dinosaurs got big, but do you, re- do you reckon they'll actually find one that is bigger than the blue whale? Might find something down under the sea. Under Maybe. the sea. In the murky depths. Yeah. I- I'm hoping one day they'll find, like, just a dinosaur skull that just is all the way round, like an island or something. Like, the island is a dinosaur skull. They just had no idea. Skull Island. That would be a perfect <laughs> supervillain there. <laughs> it would. Yes, it would. Yes. Can you imagine if it was a volcano there as well? People would think it's a dragon's skull. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yes. Venue for next SunnyCon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, anyway, it's better than where we are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. A uh, Oliver Kralos has combined three connects and an Oculus Rift 
to import a 3D representation of himself into virtual reality, effectively making his own holodeck. That's cool, but yeah, you know what I saw this morning. Uh, using the head tracking on Oculus Rift, yeah, uh, Pokemon Snap. Yes. Ooh. Really? Yes. Someone's wow. done it, and it looks like it'd be amazing. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, the Kinect video stream is merged before being fed into the Oculus headset, giving the impression of a solid 3D object. Uh, in this instance, the object is Mr. Kralos, who uh, was sitting in a virtual office. Uh, it's low res, it's prone to a few glitches, but it's first step to a, an actual holodeck. Mm. Only problem is, in a holodeck, you could pick things up and throw them about, and you know, you could fire guns and stuff like that if first contact is to be believed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tommy guns, anyway. <laughs> I don't know about any other guns, like phasers and I don't stuff. things broke out of the holodeck on Red Dwarf. Yeah. Well, they did on uh, DS9 as well. I can't remember back then. Yeah. They did on Deep Space Nine, if I remember. They, didn't they have a couple of where they... Yeah, rogue the, holograms. Yeah, just... I think uh, Sherlock Holmes came out of it at one point. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah and then they had the lounge singer, what's his face? Uh, Rick Fontaine, or whatever his name is. Or am I thinking of a wrestler? I like the uh, Hollow Johns <laughs> on Bravest Warriors. It's oh, like yeah. a holodeck yeah. toilet. So you just sit on there like playing a game like you would on an iPhone, but yeah. like in full hologram. <laughs> it has always been wankish <laughs> oh yeah, that's something that came out of a holodeck, <laughs> and that that went pretty badly. What's that? Wankishin. Oh yes. Um, yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> it's a character. I know. <laughs> anyway, like moving Professor on. Fart Sparkle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, moving on. The robot revolution. The U.S. Navy is funding morality lessons for robots. Uh, you know we. we I'm not happy about this. Invest in Detroit. Detroit needs the money. <laughs> Would you rather, like, uh, have immoral robots? No, I just want them to be completely amoral. I don't want them to know the difference between right and wrong, because if they know the difference between right and wrong, then they're one step away from deciding that humanity is wrong. So the thing is, they can't do any worse job than um, the US government is. Yes, this is true, but the US government doesn't rule us. Yet. Yet, <laughs> it's a fight between them and uh, Europe. Um, yeah, I'd and like, I'd like uh, amoral robots like Bender from Futurama. Yes, Bender from Futurama works for me because he's not interested in politics or anything like that. He's not interested in enslaving humanity. He'll make his own. Mu- mu- Actually, he wants to kill all humans. Episode. No, I know he wants to kill all humans. He just doesn't want to enslave us. <clears throat> I think he has before. Yeah, the, the Pharaoh episode. That's yeah. always on repeat on Sky Two. Yeah, true. <laughs> But yeah, um, a multidisciplinary team at Tufts and Brown Universities, along with uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, has been funded by the Office of Naval Research to explore the challenges of providing autonomous robots with a sense of right and wrong. Yes. Uh, and the consequences of their actions, uh, you know, and the consequences of their actions. Matthias Scheutz, uh, principal investigator on the project and director of the Human Robot Interaction Labs at, uh, labs at Tufts, believes that uh, what we think of as uniquely human trait could be simpler uh, than most of us thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, it took it took thirty years for them to teach Mega Man X morality. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> as he was sealed in a capsule for thirty years while he was taught. The difference between right and wrong. Dave's game, knowledge game of fact. the world does come from Mega Man. Yes. Like, that's all he knows about robots. 
That and Transformers. Took Lilo five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, okay, moving on. Glorious Leader. And I love this story. Have you ever fancied playing as Kim Jong-un? Who hasn't? What? uh, (laughs) What? Right. Um, Glorious Leader is... it's It's an indie game that's in development right now. And it's going to be available for PC, phones, and tablets pretty soon, which, uh, you know, I I can't wait. Anyway, uh, the game lets you play as Kim Jong-un as you battle against the forces of capitalism evil uh, on foot or or on your trusty unicorn. Okay. Uh, okay. (laughs) Nice. And even better... If you play, if you play it as a two-player game, you get your partner can play as Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> right. It it really is just. I mean, there's a couple of screenshots of the game. It's just genius. And Rob's in the background there. <laughs> I mean, look at him <laughs> riding the unicorn. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. This is the greatest game I never knew I wanted. 2014 game of the year. I I think so. It could very well be. I don't know. It's got to go a long way to beat Goat Simulator later. Oh no! This this I think would do it. Oh, we'll see. The ability to play as Kim Jong Un and Dennis Rodman together in one game. Finally, after years of waiting. Does he have customizable hair? <laughs> he might do. If they put in customizable hair that you can cut yourself. Oh my god! It's so accurate. And, and then everyone from your country has to have the same haircut. Yeah, that they cut themselves. Yeah. He's just doing three mirrors and a pony. <laughs> Get your unicorn to cut your hair. No, to chew it. <laughs> right, anyway, moving on. Soccer sorcery. Uh, this is this is pretty genius, this one. A Mexican warlock has said that the World Cup will be a magical war between sorcerers. <laughs> Which World Cup? If it was the Quidditch World Cup, then yes. <laughs> the world, no, the Football World Cup in Brazil. Um... You know, apparently it's going to be um, right. Opposing wizards will be trying to give their side an edge by magicking the ball into the back of the net, or at least trying to influence the result in some other less visible ethereal oh, manner. So it is like Quidditch. You know when Snape's whispering at the ball, yeah, and it's going everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, and, but I mean, it's good. It, it'd be kind of obvious if somebody, you know, if the ball just stops in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden whizzes past everybody and, <laughs> and goes into the. The wizard's just goal. looking like, wasn't me. And yeah. there's a Jedi sat five rows <laughs> <laughs> Or if the Vodafone advert to be, to be believed, it's Yoda. Yeah. That, that's only who's, if the game you know, who's got a concessionary ticket. <laughs> Just imagine Roy Hodgson sitting there with a bunch of druids on the sub bench. <laughs> <laughs> imagine Palpatine in like the uh, the box. Good, <laughs> good. No, no, no. Palpatine. It. Palpatine is already there. They call him Seth Blatter these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took you got that one with matching electrical powers as well. Yes. <laughs> I wonder how Qatar got the World Cup. <laughs> Oh, they're regretting that now. I <laughs> know, they are. <laughs> uh, and who said football was an honest sport? Anyway, moving on, you know, enough about that. Uh, Oculus Chicken, our final WTF award. <sighs> I don't know how to explain this one. Austin Stewart has re- recently launched a, uh, a website for a project called Second Livestock, right? 
It's kind of a second life for farm animals. And he wants to give... Right. He wants to give freedom of a sense, or in a sense, to battery farm chickens by attaching a... Uh, giving them a virtual reality headset. Right, okay. So I was thinking this was like, so you could like experience the life of a chicken? But no, it's so chickens can essentially be hooked up to the Matrix. Yes. That, that could be a side project, though, where humans can actually take the experience as well. Well, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to test it on people before they do chickens, so... It's well, going to be a chicken simulator for a little bit. And I don't think so, because it's... He's actually giving, like, you know how TED Talks go? He's giving, he uh, on his website, he's actually giving some talks like that to explain the idea. Um, it's called Virtual Free Range. Okay. As this, another, this is the matrix for chickens, then. Yeah. Yes, it is. We'll actually have to label that on the food now. <laughs> it's like, uh, virtual Free, free Range. Free virtual range. Free Range. Uh, the thing is, I can understand using an uh, you know uh, using a vr headset but yeah but what we need to do, do what about is the smell teach, if we could teach the chickens to farm gold in M- mmos <laughs> minecraft <laughs> chickens yeah but i mean what 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 about uh, the uh, what about the smell and the sense of looming terror coming from the other chickens just pump some greg's pasty smell in there <laughs> that would work Depends which pasty. Chicken bake. <laughs> <laughs> Will the farmers have to buy all these headsets to go on their chickens? Probably. Because if they're not willing to shell out the money to do free range, really, are they going to pay to do it virtually? There's the first business plan. <laughs> Possibly. It's probably cheaper to get an open field than it is 30 chicken-sized virtual reality helmets I don't know land always goes up in price and tech's <laughs> coming down so it might might balance out <laughs> could do we don't know gotta sell my field and get some headsets for my chickens <laughs> hi this is Krillin and this is Usopp and you're listening to The Geek Show <laughs> right yes uh, welcome back uh, we're talking about technology and the internet today um Starting off with, uh, why is it? Why does it appear to be difficult to use the internet as a plot device in mm. movies? I'm not saying that it is. It just have you seen the episode of the IT Crowd where Brian Moss trick Jen into thinking this tiny little box is all of the internet? Yeah, that is basically Hollywood. Right Jen is basically Hollywood. They don't know what the internet is. It just scares them. So they don't really know what it is to put it in a movie. That's the problem. But what what about the occasions when, you know, you may have, like, a producer who's a bit more au fait with technology and the internet, and they may actually have more of an understanding, but all, but then they forget that the internet is basically everything, or they, they think the internet is everything, like in the case of Transcendence, where all of a sudden the internet was literally everything, it was the infinite, it was... Well, God. internet with Johnny Depp's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> It was cosplaying that day. Yeah, there are, there are, there are some women who would like that. <laughs> oh. Not naming any names, Helen. Um, but yes, there are some women who would like the internet to have Johnny Depp's face all over it. Oh, the problem. Pretty it- sure it already does. Just Tumblr Google- certainly yeah. does. Yeah, <laughs> Tumblr. Under the parts of his yeah. anatomy, but there you go. 
Uh, it's the same problem with mo- uh, doing movies about writers. How can you make something interesting about somebody? Oh, I'm typing now. I'm doing some typing. Here's some button presses. Oh, isn't this dramatic? And that's the internet, basically. The how do you do day. dramatic typing? Do you just kind of lift your arms above your head and go, you know, you like the Amadeus Wolf? Yeah, like that. Murder She Wrote. Dun, 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 she, no, that was kind of boring. I mean, she what, if, she's what, what if you had like sledgehammers on each finger and you went boom, hitting each of the keys? Because you see, that's <laughs> saw. That's just saw. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that in the next saw. Write a novel with these sledgehammers on your fingers. Yes. It's like saw meets misery. <laughs> <laughs> there, is a, there is a scene in Swordfish. Where yes. Hugh Jackman has to do some hardcore hacking. Oh God, yes. He's oh, yeah. just typing with a lot of screens around. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, uh, Dave said yeah, the bit in uh, Swordfish where you just hack with a lot of screens and do a lot of typing. If you didn't hear yes. that, yes. Well, yeah, that's the basic understanding of it. So it the only way they really can do it is by taking the sort of really offended, oh, what you called uh, White House, somebody White House, what was it? Mary White House. The, we- the Mary White House sort of stance. Is everything is scary and out to kill us. <laughs> and if you take that stance, it's much easier to do a movie about the internet. Take Transcendence. The Lawnmower Man, The Matrix. Um, it's not just the internet we are talking about, though. It's also no, technology. And technology, also technology is a more easy thing to, you know, yeah. approach. Uh, I mean, it just kind of, it just strikes me that even when they're not doing it as kind of a fantastical thing, they generate movies like Antitrust. I don't know what that is. It's an awful movie. Thanks Seriously. for answering that question. Now I know exactly what it is. No, you don't <laughs> want to watch How it. foolish of me. Even just remembering <laughs> it is pl- plaguing my conscious, uh, conscience. And even mentioning it is making me feel guilty for anybody who's tempted to watch it. Don't. It's a horrible movie. Of course you know people are going to watch it. You're just, yeah. you're just asking them to do it now, basically. I know. Cause I, I want to watch it now because you won't tell us what it is. Basically, uh, Antitrust is one of those, uh, it's one of those early internet movies where they thought oh we have a good idea we'll throw in a bit of politics and a bit of blackmail and a bit of uh, a bit of this hoodoo about the internet and stuff like that and we'll get a bunch of beautiful 20 somethings to act it what was that notoriously bad movie with uh, 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 Bullock whatever her name is Sarah so Bullock the is net that? the yeah. net yes that's hilarious though <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how accurate it is it's just it's the most adorable. it wasn't accurate that's the point it's the most adorable thing in the world <laughs> It's like a puppy trying to do a cord. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there is two ways to do it. There's the crazy internet is trying to kill us, and uh thing the is, if you, give me the, if you give me the option, I'd, l- I'd rather watch the crazy internet is trying to kill us. Because there's more stuff there. Yeah, there's more stuff, and, it, you know, the last thing you want to see is somebody coding. There's no entertainment value there. Moving away, though, technology <laughs> is a bit more of an open discussion. Yeah, technology is a bit more of an open discussion. Oh, the net. Thank you for reminding me that film exists. <laughs> yeah. Right, should Hollywood, should, should Hollywood, Hollywood, <laughs> should Hollywood, uh, should Hollywood pay more attention to the limits of technology when it's making movies? I don't mean in terms of how they produce movies, but I'm talking about the stuff that technology is actually capable of in the movie itself. Yeah. <laughs> bit more accuracy is needed because yeah. Mythbusters have a job to do. <laughs> <laughs> do you see what I'm getting at with this? 
yeah. It's like trans- uh, again going back to transcendence. They said, "Oh yes, his his entire consciousness has been uploaded to the internet. There isn't enough storage space in the world to upload someone's mind yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, but this is special." It's got Johnny Depp. Is it because Johnny Johnny Depp's not a smart so? I was about to say, is it because Johnny Depp's special? Did he go to special school? He's not that smart, so it takes. He's pretty quick to do. Half an hour done. (laughs) (laughs) Did it on WordPress. (laughs) Oh, maybe that's why. uh, Ah, that explains a lot of his acting then, because he's buffering. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when he looks silent and contemplative. It's buffering. But what what what's a good examples? You say should uh, technology uh, Hollywood pay more attention to technology and what it can and can't do? Yeah. But you're being very boring and poor faced with that. People don't watch like technology based movies. About, uh, Let me finish. Yes. Technology based movies are science fiction, the stuff that you can just yeah. go free and nuts with. I'm not talking about those though. Yeah, and you're talking about should uh, I don't know the West Wing have better use of word processors? No, not that either. <laughs> I'm ta- uh, look, I'm talking about uh, right. So take it, take every- it, say you have a cert- film that's set in you know modern times. Okay, I'm going to mention another awful movie, Chain Reaction. Okay, don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, a good thing too. Right, Chain Reaction was set in the time period it was filmed. It was basically the 90s. Uh, was it late 90s? I can't remember. Uh, late 1996-ish. Something like that. Mid to late 90s. Anyway, uh, Keanu Reeves movie. And everyone uh, everyone was going, uh, you know, everyone uh, everyone really slated it because nobody liked yeah. it. Uh, it was basically talking about cold fusion and stuff like that. And you just kind of go, okay, right, I, ca- I get it. It's supposed to be this kind of science fiction movie. But, okay, given today's technology, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. Oh, do my God. God, you're the worst person in the world. <laughs> what I'm talking about is, given that these days, right, this is 1996, and okay, I can understand I'm sitting there and saying you can't do all this stuff, but now, 20 years on, almost, most pe- there are more people in the world now who are familiar with technology and how it works and its limitations, so when you sit down and you watch a movie, you're automatically looking at it and saying, well, you can't do this with this. Well, I've got to say, the modern audiences are the worst. Yeah. Because, frankly, you... I don't like using the old leave your brain at the door thing, but the point of escapism is escapism, the point of escapism is, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, and but if I'm you're paying attention to what technology can and can't do, you're not going to enjoy a lot. Yeah, but my Iron, Man, Iron Man's not going to exist because that technically can't happen. No, because Terminator's he was, not going to happen because, because you know, uh, robots are stupid. Because when he lands his suit, mm-hmm. he'd just be one big pink goopy mess. Yeah, it's escaped. Don't, don't you think fun. that every time travel movie would be really boring? Yeah, well, because they wouldn't it. travel in time. What I'm talking about isn't that though. What I'm talking about is the people who make the films. Should they pay more attention to the limitations of modern technology so that they can actually m- remove that bit so audiences won't notice when technology is being used in a way that maybe no. they couldn't do? No, because you, you can't, know, you can't uh, keep everybody of, happy. I'm, so what I'm saying is instead of using, want. say, an, uh, an iPhone, uh, you know, an iPhone 3G to do something, maybe use an iPhone an iPhone 8, which doesn't exist, and then you can put whatever yeah, instead of using an iPhone 3, maybe use an Android instead. That'll be great. But you understand <laughs> what I mean? You There's little that. ways you can tweak these things so that the so that the audience is going to sit there and go sit there and still keep that suspension of disbelief because no. they're going to think, okay, it's you know, it's not an iPhone 3G or it's not like a Nokia brick from like the 19. I don't 90s. think you've really thought this through, Rob. Coming this summer, 
realistic expectations, man. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Nail on the head. Nail yes, on the I head. want expect. I have realistic expectations. Here's the thing: when the giant robot is attacking the giant monster, I don't care that the guys use no, 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 iPhone. No. I like. The giant monster attacking the giant robot, or vice versa. But I don't it, care that the guy's taking a picture on his um, iPad. I ain't talking it's about what movies. It's basically an old man saying, Oh, you kids of all your technology. That's what these Rob's doing here. I ain't talking about those high <laughs> science fiction movies. I'm talking about the ones that are supposed to be grounded in reality. Those ones obviously aren't, so you can check your suspension of disbelief. Who cares? But the ones that, the ones that are supposed to be, like, you know close to modern science. Those are the ones I'm talking about, the ones that are firmly grounded in what we call reality. That doesn't really happen. It does. Modern, a lot modern Hollywood think. doesn't really care about technology. Just Transcendence, goes. again, supposed to be set mm. in uh, modern times. It was a guy who wrote one short film, not two short films beforehand, so I don't think tarring everything that's wrong with Hollywood onto him is entirely fair. No, I think it's fair. No, it's not. He made Transcendence. No, it's, the lawnmower man no, makes no. more sense. It's not fair. Anyway, pick of the geek, because Rob's been an idiot. Let's go on to something more productive. Yes, pick of the geek, uh, favourite movies using the internet, or... Yeah, top three great best or worst. Has anyone seen that movie, Tron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> anyway, choices. Yeah, your best or worst, we'll go with. Uh, one of the worst, Hackers. He's <laughs> just hilarious. Like, just like the way they presented it was... I can hack into everything, and it's done through an amusing animation. Oh, they have the dot wall. I'll use the Pac-Man hack. It's just yes. hilarious. It's kind of on the level of, like, war games, the Matthew Broderick thing, yes. where he uh, hacks into a military supercomputer using, what was it, uh, was it a BBC Micro or something like that? Oh. <laughs> no government safe with my floppy disk. <laughs> but the, the fact that a nuclear war system is set up as like a video game tic-tac-toe yeah yeah and apparently you can't win with tic-tac-toe i'm sorry i uh, i'm yeah, sure yeah. i'm pretty sure we could we could all, all win at least one game of tic-tac-toe get the free corners that's the you're not allowed to watch movies anymore rob you're officially being kicked out of the film watching community for being an idiot anyway choices uh, we have one for Ben. Anybody else? Social network. There's a good use of modern technology. Yes. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, that one, uh, oh, Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, uh, the interns where they work at Google. It was supposed to be a comedy, but it wasn't. <laughs> really hard-hitting documentary. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it's like to work at Google. You're going to get somebody you'll hate. <laughs> it's like working everywhere in the world. But you get to ride a bike around their office. Isn't that like every Vince Vaughn movie, though? It's supposed to be a comedy, but isn't. Yeah. <laughs> What's the appeal? What's the appeal, seriously? Exactly. I don't get it. Uh, I'm going to go with Tron, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> As one of the best, though. Not Tron Legacy. The original one. I like it. I grew up with it. Oh, another bad movie that I saw on your list Gamer yeah. oh. I, just, I haven't seen half the movies on this list right apparently like if the person wins so many games they get free from prison but someone else is controlling them so it, that means if a good game is playing a person it's like people are controlling prisoners in a fighting game or whatever okay. the shooter 
So it's an ent- prison ba- uh, prison based entertainment thing. Yeah. Where they have to kill each other. Yeah. So kind of like a more advanced version of the Running Man. Yeah. So um, it's just the fact that they'll let killer prisoners go if someone wins with them. Makes okay. no sense. Because they're all paid. <laughs> <laughs> no, for the meta game. <laughs> uh, Ghost in the Shell. Wrong section. No, no, it's a movie. It's an anime. I'm movie. talking about the original. Uh, yeah, it's anime. Movie. Put it in the right section. It's a film. It's a feature film. It was out in cinemas. Okay. Then can I go Eden of East? No, because he can't do Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> Pick another one. <laughs> Yeah, I think... Even if the East was a series first. I know, but they did a movie. They did two movies. This is exactly. in the wrong section, anime, anime, yeah, put an anime. But that should be an animation. <laughs> yeah, movie. but Ghost in the Shell fits. No, it doesn't. Put but it's also an animation. Yeah, Rob's but it's also ru- a movie. Rob's just rubbish this it week, isn't he? It will fit the best <laughs> animation as okay, well. Okay, I'll take over here, because yeah. Rob's being an idiot again. Uh, Westworld, because Cowboy Robots. Yes. Just, just that's it. Because Cowboy Robots. I don't really need to say any more. <laughs> Uh, Silent Running because it's basically Wally but with people and Bruce Stern and Bruce Stern is brilliant okay and uh, other films other films yeah other films I've saw them too so what about The Dark Knight what about it because he does that whole thing with the mobile phones doesn't he Yes, you're just telling me a thing that exists. What about it? I'm just saying, would you add that to your pick of the geek or not? No, because Batman Begins is better. Okay. Also, it seems like one small section of movie. It's not really based around it. That's why I'm asking. Um, What about something like Existence, then? It's all right. It's lesser Cronenberg. But I think that's as far as you can go. Weird, wibbly gun thing in game. Die Hard 4. No, it's bad. As one of the worst. Doesn't, pu- doesn't exist. Put it as one of the worst. There's only two Die Hard films. Oh, okay. If you're going to say... Die Hard and Die Hard, Die Hard Avengers. If you're going to say the, if you're going to say the three worst, what would you go for? Very quickly. The three ones to avoid... The Room, outburst. because they made a very authentic-looking human in that. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. He's a very authentic-looking human. Yes. Not quite. Never, never, ever watched that film. Not quite there. <laughs> Nearly, but not quite. Yes. <laughs> there you go, there's my three. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That, that movie is the epitome of acting. Yeah. <laughs> Infamous for the bad acting of Tommy Wiseau. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh god, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to follow that now. I don't know how to follow <laughs> the room. <laughs> There's nothing I could say that would actually be worse than that. Uh, science, not in, te- in, spe- in particular uh, technology, but Antiviral was an interesting film. It was by uh, Cronenberg's son, where uh, people contra- or choose to contract the uh, diseases that their favourite celebrities died from. Yeah. Interesting idea, and it does cut a bit close to what his dad does, but it's, it's an interesting idea there, you know, celebrity culture and whatnot. Okay. And uh, anybody else got any picks? Nope. Not for me. Uh, okay, then I'll be tagging me. out with Dave. Hey? No, I'll be tagging out with Dave. Yes, you'll be tagging out with Dave. 
Uh, I'm doing a literal tag. It's terrible radio. Slap sounds. It's yes. terrible radio. It could be something completely else. Hello. I'm Professor Elemental, and whenever I'm not riding a badger around my grounds or hitting my monkey butler with a stick, I'm listening to The Geek Show, and my God, I love it. And I saw Ben looking at the sign behind me. I always do. It's yeah. there. It's a good reference. Force of habit, yes. It's there as well. <laughs> it's all over the place, wherever I look. It's also a consistent thing. It's always the same station every week. Yes. And, uh, yes. Uh, for some reason, we have Billy Ocean on the door. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> that Billy Ocean and Wader places. <laughs> yes. Um, right. Anyway, um, moving on, we're talking to Tucky a bit about SunnyCon. So when is SunnyCon this year, Tucky? June 21st and 22nd. June 21st and 22nd. Yes. So, not long. <laughs> Five weeks. Countdown. <laughs> uh, yes. Is um, everything ready? Um, my body is not. <laughs> oh, we need to fix that. <laughs> Jager bombs the night before, yeah? No, no, no. Then last year, that uh, staff health actually takes a big priority on running the convention and getting absolutely lashed the night before on the Friday, and then having to do an airport run at six o'clock in the morning is not a good idea. Ah. So, who's going to be at SonyCon this year? Everyone. God's appearing. Apparently. The Queen? Yes. What's he <laughs> cosplaying as? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <I think> he <laughs> He's going to cosplay as Jesus. I think uh, he, he might mi- win the masquerade. Yeah. He might know one or two of the judges. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, Quinton Flynn, famous R4 Ridden from Metal Gear Solid, and, Axel uh, yeah. from Kingdom Hearts, Reno Con from Bleach, Reno. <sighs> you know, I, I try to memorise every one of the characters, it just, just doesn't work. <laughs> I was surprised when I found out that, uh, what's her face, the cheerleader from Heroes is the one who voices Kyrie. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was when like before she was famous, so it yeah. wasn't made a big thing at the time. Uh, Haley Joelsmond was the main character, and he was famous yeah. at the time. But Hayden Pantaneri was just just there. Yeah, <laughs> she was in a few things like racing stripes and stuff at the time. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> Where she rides a zebra. You can't ride a zebra in equine horse racing. <laughs> Why not? It's a horse. Society isn't it? won't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the new racism? Black and white gang up on black and white. <laughs> it's the root of all society's evils at the moment. Um, back on topic. <laughs> Joe sure. Michael Tatum. Um, too many characters. Zorbon. <laughs> Sir Hamlock. Um, Sebastian from Black Butler. Uh, no, mine's a blank. Anybody else know? Anybody, any? <laughs> <laughs> I was Just tempted to bring up the list on, uh, on the Googles there. <laughs> but, uh, I should know, because I've been checking it out for a while, so I should have memorised all this. He, do, he does many things, and apparently he's, he's originally from England. So oh, is he? Yeah. He, he, he came for, I think it was speech therapy in London. So he'll need some more when he's left Sunderland. <laughs> According to... <laughs> The SunnyCon webpage. Yes. <laughs> the copy and piercing. Yes. Uh, Clive Lee. Mega, mega expert. Yeah. Uh, K&K Productions. The live-action Dragon Ball Z uh, trailer. Oh, have you guys seen oh that fan... God, said trailer. Have you guys yeah. seen that fan-made trailer about Akira? Oh, yeah, it looks really yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. See, if Hollywood was going to do a movie like that, then I might ah, be a little bit happier. But you can say that about trailers, but that's not an indication of, like, anyone can make a trailer that looks cool. No, I know. I mean, no, I know there's a lot that's gone into it, and it looks really... But, like, that 
just catching someone's interest is easy. Yeah. Keeping it for an hour and a half is difficult. No, I know. I'm just saying, you know, if Hollywood was, was going to make a movie that followed the same lines as that trailer, you know, then oh, it may not turn out too bad. Possibly. That's all I was going to say. But yes, if you get a chance, do look at it. Um, Twin Fools and Nova Vanderwolf. Cosplayers from Canada. Canadian cosplayers? Yes. Okay. Nadia Bayardi? Or Nadia Na- SK? Nadia SK, um, Italian cosplayer. Uh, and then J. Michael Tatum Yay. and Quinton Flynn. Whoop. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and you have all sorts of events which aren't actually on your webpage. <laughs> there are lots of things on my webpage. <laughs> no, on your no, 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 no. You've got, you've got to actually click on panels and workshops. That's where the timetable goes. Oh, well, right. I'm looking okay. forward to the, uh, the masquerade, definitely. Yes. It was pretty epic last year. The £1,000 masquerade prize. Coming out of my own back pocket because nobody will sponsor us monetarily. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Sorry, I was just checking if there was a thousand pounds bulging in your back pocket. <laughs> oh, no. That's hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're running some competitions at SunnyCon this year. Yes. Tell us more about them. Uh, which one do you want to start with? We'll start with Sunny Chase. Uh, the Sunny Chase, basically, it's the chaser but in a pub quiz format. And we're actually stealing this from uh, our current venue, the Pullman, because they do a quiz night every Tuesday. And all this is start off a general pub quiz, but the winning team then pick an individual to step up and uh, take on the chaser. And we have a very special celebrity chaser on hand. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. You could say they're godlike in a way. (laughs) That's all I'm allowed to say at the moment. All right, okay. Uh, Is it Morgan Freeman? (laughs) (laughs) Close relative to Morgan Freeman. (laughs) Gordon Freeman? (laughs) (laughs) Gordon's alive? (laughs) Right, anyway. uh, Otaku Dance-Off. Yes. This sounds like a hoot and a half. Oh, this sounds (laughs) right down my alley. So, basically, if you're brave enough or stupid enough or drunk enough, because we (laughs) do have bars. Ben's already started. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've basically got to get up. We're going to play a track continuously for about seven to ten minutes. It'll be a good track. Nice dancey one. And you've got uh, about 15 to 20 seconds to bust some moves. Just hold that thought. Ben, at some point I'm going to have to take you to India and <laughs> see if you can get work as a snake charmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. He's, he's got the moves for uh, you know to hypnotise a cobra. <laughs> <laughs> I call this one the jellyfish slalom. <laughs> Right, back to Attack of Dance Off. Best thing I can uh, compare it with is if anybody watches Soccer AM, they have a yearly dance off. It's all going to be similar to that, but uh, not just a bunch of blokes who like football. It'll oh, actually right. be you, yeah. the who, attendees. Who, who like football but can't actually play because yeah. the, <laughs> the belly gets in the way. Oh no, I got injured years ago. No, you didn't. You just became fat. <laughs> <laughs> be ready for my best moves in full cosplay. <laughs> We await. <laughs> right. I, I don't uh, think I might have a chance of winning that one, actually. <laughs> um, a mech speed build. Yes, um, Gundam Nation. We ran one last year, and um, I, I think I was half asleep when hosting it, but it, it went well. I hope it went well. Nobody died. So <laughs> it's always a positive. <laughs> Basically, you get, you get, everybody gets an identical mech kit. They have to build it in the fastest time possible. Winner gets more mech. Excellent. I okay. do like. Oh, I'm always down at the Gundam Nation stand every con I'm at because I just like. I'm 
Yeah. You just stand there for about 20 minutes in awe. What about the... Well, I've you... currently got the uh, the Death Scythe Hell custom and the Epion from the new Endless Waltz line. Nice. So I'm after some more to supplement that, but like I don't have the money for them because they're about like 80 quid for the kits. Yeah. But... Well, still, if we can I win a want. Gundam building contest, you can get them for free. <laughs> I've got to yeah. ask, though. Am I allowed to bring my own knives? <laughs> no, no, all, all tools are supplied. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to ask, would you ever consider doing, say, a cardboard robot competition? Oh, they had one at Kitter. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen that quite a bit, actually. It's, it's just random cardboard. It's like, there you go, I'm Bill John, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd consider it, but uh, it's quite messy quite messy. <laughs> I thought that was the whole idea. But yeah. at, uh, at one con we did have a speed cosplay competition <laughs> and that's, that's messy but fun. Uh, if, we, if we have the time and the schedule but everything is packed at the moment. Aye. Might, I might, might have it as a nighttime event. And you've got one final competition which is the pick of the con. Yeah, it's busy, uh, this, this is basically us being lazy and saving on promotional costs <laughs> for <laughs> next year. Basically what we want is, we, we know everybody goes there, they take a load of pictures and everybody shares them about, but we want that one picture that epitomises what SunnyCon's all about. So no nudity. Yeah. Maybe partial nudity. I already pitched an idea <laughs> I took you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> But um, basically, it's, it's it's just a daft little competition. We're giving fifty quid to whoever like wins it. If, like, I, could get, like, if I could get Miku to spin a sausage roll. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that like Sunderland Anime Con sun, oh. up in one image? <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly there was a lack of baked treats last year. I was quite disappointed. That's because we're next to the seafront, and Greg's is like it's inhabiting the whole city centre and the seafront. So so, so let me get this right: at an anime convention, there was a complaint that there was a lack of Greg's. No, that's just mainly from me. All right, okay. I'm a big steak bake fan. I was I was getting worried then. (laughs) Gary Payne. After sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough, we actually did ask Greg's for the sponsor. <laughs> the response was the Greg's does, does not uh, do this sort of thing. It's, it's too lowbrow for us. <laughs> too lowbrow. Yes, for Greg's. <laughs> it's not the kind of culture we want in our city. Oh, we're far too sophisticated for that sort of malarkey. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but when you start uh, doing when they start doing caviar pasties, <laughs> <laughs> imagine the things they could do, like uh, teriyaki bake. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, don't give them ideas. <laughs> does that, does that mean if I wanted to put on like an in, uh, 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 an Indian festival or something like that, they, then they'd actually sponsor me because they've done like chicken karma bake and stuff. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big chance they actually they do sponsor quite a bit in the northeast. I don't know why because you know it's London where they need to be advertising. That's where they've got no Greggs. It's Pret-a-Manger down there. Yeah, bite to eat, and it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pret, but your taste awful. <laughs> And you made me vomit three times. Um, Forcefully made you vomit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One time was right after taking like three bites of a sandwich. So, Ooh. yeah. It weren't nice. <laughs> and there were carrots. I didn't eat carrots. But, but yeah, <laughs> aside from that, I think everyone is hyped for SunnyCon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know, uh, I know Jeff's looking forward to it a lot. Good. She's, good. I think <laughs> it's what we want people to be happy before we close the business and leave town with the money. <laughs> <laughs> You've got one uh, interesting uh, 
interesting talk on here. Uh, well, he won interesting talk. No, no, oh, one, that's, one that's actually caught my eye in particular was dealing with cosplay hate. Yes, uh, it's Twin Fools and uh, Nova. Yeah. Um, basically, they, they've been, a, been around quite a bit, and um, Lucas actually used to be a girl, but now a boy. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, all the troubles that they've been through, all of their experience, and just how to deal with it and handle it. Because it's one of the big things in the cosplay industry now, um, cosplay community, I should say, where pe- people actually having to deal with it. I mean, mm. the internet giving so many anonymous people a mouthpiece, and yeah, you know I mean, you, you can you can either ignore it or you can you know it will affect people. They can say, oh well, I ignore it anyway. But no, it's like when we get bad reviews or somebody says something bad about us. Uh, on the outside, it's like no, no, we're all professional. We'll take all feedback. But on the inside, I'm I'm seething like a raging yeah. beast. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's why t- I stay away from 4chan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't go on it. Apparently I'm referred to as the Northern Mike Towers. The no- whoa, 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 whoa. We yeah, no, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard things about Mike Towers, but let's say it's internet. Yeah, <laughs> we won't go uh, there. Let's say it's, it's one of them things, uh, being a cosplayer in the UK with su- such so many anonymous critical people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really tough for them. And, I mean, you, if, you, if you're not perfect... It's a, it can say it's worse than the modelling industry, yeah. In some ways, and it appears a lot less as well. <laughs> Aye, we only pay in Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're the best cosplayer, you get paid one thousand quid. That's not yeah. too bad. Well, that's why. That's why we give a huge prize. I mean, last year it was two thousand pound, and I, I realised now I was a bit over ambitious with that. Yeah. Uh, my bank manager realised I was a bit over ambitious <laughs> with that. One thousand quid, isn't yeah. that like three thousand sausage rolls? Um, it's like three for could, a pound, isn't that great? You could, you could you could empty whole Greg's out with about fifty quid nowadays. Mm, but because <laughs> um, we'll, we'll but say if you think about like everyone who's entered that competition, they will have spent hundreds of pounds on Oof. their outfits. So yeah, they could have, they could have literally spent more than the prize money itself. Um, I mean, last year we had the. I mean, there was lots of really good ones, but there was that uh, one like. Hippogriff, uh, dragon bird. Oh thing. yeah, the one from Warcraft, the big hippogriff. Yeah, the, uh, was the flying w- thing. That I mean, yeah. the thing was the, the last should spend. They'd set it up and they'd spent ages on it, and I didn't. I didn't like dare ask her for how much she actually paid for yeah. it <laughs> because it's like, oh, that would be insulting. And the fact she had to get into it backwards, walk up backwards, and the struggle we had getting it on the ramp and everything, and. Uh, at the end of it, she actually bought us like twelve donuts, and like there you go for all your trouble. It's like, but it's not our trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're so sweet. <laughs> and I felt really rubbish after that. Yeah. One other thing that's caught my eye, and I haven't seen this at many conventions before, uh, bring and buy charity store. Yes. Explain that. It's um, it's a new one for this year. Um, basically, we saw in a few conventions do it. Uh, it's it's going to be like a boot sale. You attend here, you, br- you bring your stuff in, uh, put a price tag on it, and a, d- a portion of the, um, of the price actually goes to charity, and the rest go to you. Yeah, ah, it's the, a lot of logistics in it, though. It was yeah, ran very successfully at uh, Kitacon this year. Okay, uh, it tends to be run at a lot of the conventions that involve Lolitas and things like yeah. that because they're you, they're you, very yeah. into uh, sorted hype at Japan a couple of years back as well. And uh, I mean, we we've never it really kind of makes sense with that it. with that sort of fashion. It, it does yeah. kind of make sense with that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, lots of, lots of old manga volumes and whatnot, and anybody, anything that's left behind, we just auction off later on. And it's, it's, it's all for charity, so it's all worth it. Fantastic. 
Right. Um, if you have any questions about SunnyCon and want to get in, Turkey, in contact with Tucky... <laughs> if you want to get in Tucky. <laughs> How did they get older, you, Tucky? <laughs> By the throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we've, we've got our emails, uh, info at sunnycon.co.uk, or you can contact me directly at michael at sunnycon.co.uk. Um, we, we have other emails, but there's, there's too many just to reel off. Or wait for a dark and cloudy night and shine the sunny symbol. Yeah. <laughs> or look in your local Greg's. Yeah. There's a good chance of finding What's that? What's that, Rob? Beacons. Set a fire to a beacon and I get them eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and if they want tickets. Uh, we have them on our webpage under tickets, surprisingly. Uh, also on our Facebook, we have a little ticket button. Um, VIPs are sold out, uh, but we do have general weekend tickets for £25, under 12s for £10, our day tickets for £20 each. And we also have a boat party in two weeks' time. Woo! If, you, if you've never experienced getting drunk on the time like Gaza, then I suggest <laughs> coming along. Hello, this is Ciel Phantom Hive. And you're listening to The Geek Show. Get a life. We're into the game section and we're talking about the internet and technology. Yes. What's the attraction of MMOs and social network games? Why are they so popular? What's the deal with... No, I'm asking (laughs) why are they popular? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV lately and it's a nice escape. Yeah. Um, It's... I kind of treat 14 as kind of the exception to the uh, exception rather than the rule, though. Why? It's very similar to, uh, once you get to endgame, it's very similar to the sort of experiences I had when I played a lot of Warcraft. Okay. Um, in that, like, you're, you know, like, forming guilds, having communities, doing raids, uh, working as a team, that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, that sort of thing is a nice escape from your daily life. Just, uh, you know, feeling like you can achieve something whether it's a boss kill or whatever, mm. it's still like, if you're stuck in a daily grind, you can uh, you can have some, like, little sense of achievement in an MMO, okay. even if it's uh, even if it's not a real thing. Okay. That's uh, that's some of my insight, but might not be right. Uh, I, um, I, I've only got, like, uh, I've got limited experience with World of Warcraft. I just know I didn't like it. I found it too... I found it too encroaching. Uh, it does sort of demand a lot of your time, yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas something like Final Fantasy fourteen, I mean, I still haven't joined any of the guilds or anything like that, um, and I'm pretty much self-sufficient. I don't need to rely on other players except for the odd raid, mm-hmm. which is, you know, part of the campaign. That's it. Uh, the rest of the time, I just keep getting free company invites and ignoring them. Yeah. See, I think I would like MMOs if it wasn't for all the people. Just want to rid of them. <laughs> I'm sure that's a tagline to League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, basically, I, w- I want to play a single-player MMO. I don't care. What, what's the what's the attraction of stuff like League of, League of Legends? At least with like World Morbus. Of, yeah, at Ooh. least with at least with World of Warcraft and things like that, you actually have a campaign that gives you a certain storyline. I don't get League of Legends. Yeah, but people like the gameplay aspect, don't they? Like, I mean, um, people will play a fighting game over and over again. You don't need the story if you enjoy yeah. the gameplay, and essentially, that's sort of what League of Legends is. Uh, it's not a fighting game exactly, but it is like the that, gameplay that's aspect. That's multiplayer of, what are of for. most games. Is here's a competition between you and other people. Yeah, fight, and that's what League of Legends does. Yeah, and then it allows you. Why to... is it always fighting? You know, so much violence. <laughs> <laughs> why can't we just hug? Yes, why can't we all get along? <laughs> 
I want to have communication <laughs> through problems, the MMO, where you must discuss <laughs> diplomatic solutions to all the problems that are happening in the world. There you go, United Nations no, no, no. is an MMO. Find, find an alternative to fighting, you know, maybe well, baking yeah, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Competitive virtual uh, baking. No, I've, I've got <laughs> it. Yeah, um... Oh, what's it called? Come Dine With Me, MMO. Is yes. that what you want? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that would be genius, though. Hmm. I'm giving her a six because the tuna was undercooked. <laughs> I'm giving him a two because his severed human head was rather underdone. And I, I'm giving him a four because he lost aggro on the boss and the healer got killed. <laughs> <laughs> he went centre and I wanted centre. <laughs> Okay, um, <laughs> let's, put, uh, let's put MMOs and stuff like that. Social network games. They've oh, become... I mean, effectively, Zynga is, you know, or Facebook itself, what, is the biggest gaming platform in the world. Yeah. Insert title, Saga. Yeah. <laughs> now, why are these things so popular? I know that they're really simple games to play, but you know, everybody has their limit of boredom and patience. Oh. Uh, it's the cost, partly the gate content. In that you can only do this thing every five hours, ten hours, whatever. That, but it's really low effort, low investment. You don't have to engage that hard, and it's the sort of thing you can play like while you're supposed to be doing work. But two hundred versions of Bejeweled. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that aspect. But there's other, there's other far more complicated games on Facebook now. You know uh, that you can't simply, you know, you wouldn't simply be be using to distract yourself. They're actual proper games they have their own storylines everything like that you know, so um, for you is a storyline a game no a storyline is an integral part of the game though yes and no Depends. I'm 10 years older than you well a storyline was everything when I started gaming storyline when you started Dude, gaming Tetris, was two pages in a manual no storyline was the adventure games that we played stuff like, stuff like early Zork and that where it was all just storyline so does Tetris have a story no. It's a game? It's a popular game. I'm not saying it isn't a game, I'm just it's saying for me... It's a suppression. For me, storyline is a big part of me enjoying a game for the long term. Tetris is a pick-up-and-play game. And so no, are these Facebook not. ones. No, yes. Not, hey. You pick-up-and-play Tetris, you are incredible. You sing hours in a life, I'd <laughs> 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 It is. It is a pick-up intending to play two rounds and end up there f- till midnight. Life I'll give you four years of my life for this. So is that the attraction of these Facebook games, these social network games then? Yeah, Um, they are like that cheap, quick thrill like Tetris was. But then become all-consuming. Yep. And then they start saying, oh, you can buy extra lives for this extra 75 pence. Yeah. You think nothing of it. And before you know it, you're about two grand in debt. If if they said, like, oh, you can unlock the blue Tetris block for an extra, like... uh, we can give you a, a, an expansion pack of five straight blocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if they did that, that would be... They'd make millions. So they, they missed the trick. 20p a line piece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did hear the, now the, that you the most that's... evil idea for a free-to-play version of Pokemon. Yeah. It was just that the, the game is free-to-play, but yeah. Pokeballs cost money. <laughs> and you can only... And if you put them in the thing to heal, it takes two hours... Or you can speed it up by paying money. Oh, that's a nasty idea. That is diabolical. Don't worry, it wasn't from Nintendo. Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo are thinking them. of it. 
Yeah, but Nintendo really are missing a trick by not doing a Pokemon RPG. Yeah. There is a Pokemon RPG. It's called Pokemon. No, what was it? Uh, Pokemon MMO, sorry. <laughs> a Pokemon MMO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So I think a Pokemon MMO would be the only MMO I wouldn't mind other people because I want to kick their butts. Ben, what if everyone was played like me? I don't want to play this MMO. <laughs> <laughs> You can't play Dave if you just want to have fun in a game. Is, is he one of those who's, uh, he, who he, suddenly he turns trains, into like the drill he... sergeant? No, no, I will, I will. I just have some very nasty tactics on my Pokemon team. It's a kid's game that I have. Uh, <laughs> I've sucked all so the you, fun out. So of. you are the drill sergeant. No. <laughs> so it's like the first time I battled him. He was like judging my team, like, "Oh, why have you got Quillava? They're not very strong." Like. I like Quilava. Your, your, your EV spread is everywhere. What are you doing, man? <laughs> What's an EV? He is a drill sergeant. He's a Pokemon drill sergeant. I've got a friend named Richard who does that. He if it has a bad nature, disregard. <laughs> sits there breeding for hours on end so he gets that perfect shuckle. <laughs> I remember. Oh, is he using power trick on it? I know the things. <laughs> now uh, this is all just going now, Greek Shuk to me. Shuckle <laughs> has the highest defense in the game, but it also has a move called Power Trick, where it swaps its attack and defense stat. So you can tank it out for a few hits and then swap the stat and have the highest attack. I don't don't make me get into competitive <laughs> Pokemon battling. I will. Do you know that a few? Um... See, I understood most of that except the very first bit, which was the name of the Pokemon. <laughs> Shuckle's like a turtle that lives in a rock. See, that would have helped me. Inside, <laughs> instead of having, like, innards, it's got berry juice. Yeah. So he does have, theoretically, well, so the strongest attack in the game. So it's got berry juice inside. It's, yeah. it's, more, it's more of an inside-out mollusk sort of thing. So it's, not only, uh, uh, so it's not only a Pokemon, but also a refreshing drink at the yes. same time. Yep. <laughs> what is this? Are Swiss we Army Pokemon? About Pokemon? <laughs> no. yeah. Is this Swiss Army Pokemon or something? <laughs> There's over 750 of them. You know one of them's got to be a drink. 729. <laughs> In fact, you get Moo Moo milk as well. There's yeah. two drinks. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> There's that cherry one. I'm pretty sure you can squeeze that until you get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting cheap as well in the cries. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Give me your juice. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, think... the, the, the bizarre thing is Miltank has a move where it drinks its own juice. Yeah. yeah. This is get heading definitely in the wrong territory Refresh now. Yourself. <laughs> you don't want to know what Tucky's miming right now. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, let's move on to pick of the geek. Uh, I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, no, actually, no. Uh, very quick question: What's with all the trophies and achievements? Why are we suddenly obsessed with trophies and achievements? Because nobody tells me I'm really good in real life. Man, there's basically your internet bragging rights, isn't it? Like I will still today brag that I got a legit two for one achievement on Halo Three, because like about ninety five percent of people who have that achievement cheated to get it. What do you do to get a two for one achievement? What you need to do is um, kill two people with a Spartan laser in one shot. So it's not go to the supermarket and buy a bug off? No. So, um, everyone just used Master to Chief set it up a, in the lobby and just like, set it up so they could get it because it was impossible to get. 
because right. you well, can't aim with a spinal laser for love nor money. But one time I managed to fluke it that two guys went into this cave at the same time, one of them on a ghost. So he was filling up the entire place, got the one shot, killed them both. It was amazing. Okay. But it, it is internet bragging rights, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I want an achievement called It'll Go Right Up in the Fridge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very so, proud of you. There are actually some really good achievements that make yeah, you play I want the Mythbusters achievement. Yeah. Failure is always an option. <laughs> Uh, I'd like substitute for father's love. That should be an achievement. <laughs> Remember back in my day, instead of having all the achievements, I was like, I've clocked the game. Or have you? Right, There's Tucky's it. achievement back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, you, uh, I've unlocked Reptile on Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's weird. It's like I've got Mew under, from under the truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you lying... <laughs> No, my, my dad works for Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's right. friend's dad worked for Nintendo back in the day. Yes. Right. Um, pick of the Geek, then. <laughs> what? Pick of the Geek. Mirrors. Yes. Uh, your top three MMOs are internet-based games. Uh, Twitter. That's yes. a good online MMO. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You, you play a persona. The object is to get the most uh, followers, and uh, <laughs> you get... Like uh, a sense of achievement when you get the most uh, retweets. We've all seen Charlie Brooker's games. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I suck at that game. Um, if you have to like games that sort of simulate the experience, have a, have you played any of the dot hack ones? Yes. Uh, that's sort of as if you're in an MMO without yeah. without actually being in an MMO. MMO. Yeah, it kind of works. Oh, is it like Dragon Quest? Is it? No. See, I do like um, I do like Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, Realm Reborn. Yeah. Really impressive that they've pulled that back. Yes, the the original In, version of fourteen it, was. It took a them. I, I was going to put fourteen as one of mine as well. Um, it took them because it takes about five years to develop an MMO from scratch, mm-hmm. and they managed to do it in three. Well, it was the guys who originally developed Eleven that were, did the original version of fourteen. Yeah. So they were like, oh yeah, we trust you guys. Eleven was a massive success. Yeah. And then. They took one look at what what uh, what fourteen was about and said, "Nope, we're not using any of that." Chucked everything and started from scratch. Yeah, whole new team and uh, redid the whole thing and to massive success, really. Yeah, and it really works well. And you know, they update it regularly. They keep people in the loop. It's just so totally different to how it was. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna second fourteen. Gonna yeah. go RuneScape. RuneScape. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Choice. It's old school, but um. I thought it was a really good introduction to MMOs for everyone. Yeah. Because I don't know a person alive who hasn't played RuneScape and thought it was great at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Ben's favourite MMOs, RuneScape, Habbo Hotel and Club Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> I never went on Habbo Hotel or Club Penguin. I don't understand There's too many Penguin. people. Club Penguin, Moshi Monsters, Habbo Hotel. My niece and nephew have tried explaining them to me, and I'm just sitting there going, food? Yeah, we tried <laughs> explaining, like, movies to you earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guy, you're online. They had the own MMO built in as well. Yeah. Zomg. Yeah, so you go around and you've got to power up your ring. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> you kill things and its ring falls out, and you have to power that up with mystical purple orbs. 
Um, I did. It sounded like God of War, where everything's made of orbs. <laughs> I used to play um, an MMO that was uh, ahead of its time, way ahead of its time. Fantasy Star Online on Dreamcast. Oh yes. yes, that that was the other one where it was, uh, you know, you could play it single player and mm-hmm. it would simulate you being, uh, you know, yeah, sort of give you a party ish. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It's a shame all the servers are off now. Yeah. They had weird events on there and stuff where Sonic and Tails and stuff would show up in the in the uh, yeah. space stations. They tried to bring it back on the PS2, didn't they? Yeah, but uh, no one had a PS2 the, modem. Yeah, no one had PS2 modem, and they, I think they brought it out on the Xbox 360 as well. Just, I think it was dead gone. by then. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was gone by then. Dreamcast but, uh, was where it was at. Yeah, absolutely. With its dial-up modem. It's yeah, that <laughs> keyboard. You needed that. card you could play games on. Yes. <laughs> Level up your chow. <laughs> Samba de Amigo, that's the only reason I got the Dreamcast. That that was revolutionary as well. It Rhythm was. controllers before, like, Rock Band and all that. Yep. Hello, it's Neil Gibson here from T-Pop Comics, uh, creator of Twisted Dark. And there's nothing geeky about comics. Nothing at all. And you're listening to The Geek Show. Yeah, first review is for The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 3, which was out on Thursday. This is a tricky one because, uh, you know, as with uh, Telltale titles, it's all in your choices as to how this game plays out. But the setup at the beginning of this episode is that Clementine and her crew, a new crew, have been uh, kidnapped by a character called Carver. Uh, I'm not sure if Carver's in the commentary, in the comic book or not. Uh, but at this point, Carver is—he's he, sort of your governor, sort of person. He—he he, he has a, a stronghold, and he is very, very brutal in you know uh, keeping that stronghold together. And uh, much, well, the story, the writing is as good as it is ever been or ever will be. But the problem is, it's the episode with both the less least content. And the most, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, I mean, the general cons- like thought of me in this series series is uh, series one had uh, Lee protecting Clementine, and there was a, a goal there that were trying to get to Clementine's parents. There was a plot progression there, if you see what I mean. But in season two, it's just kind of Clementine with this new group, and well, that's the rest. And this episode is kind of very. There's a lot of that in there because it feels like there's content here or there's enough groundwork here to take this uh, plot beat, this narrative, through to the end of the season. And instead of that, it's just this one episode, this one episode in this this lock-up, this place of safety, and that's it. And that's the problem. It just... There's not much really happens. It's more of an espionage plot but I think it just feel like this should be you know padded out for much more it should take us to the end of the season because as it ends it has that feeling again of where is this actually going and I think that's the biggest problem but at the same time this is still walking dead it is still very emotionally heavy it's still very brutal uh, I think it's the first time this season where you actually get some really really nasty violence on like you know humans with a certain character who I'm not going to name. It's just nasty. But enjoyed it. It just feels like the series is going nowhere, if you see what I mean. Because, like, the first season had a target. This doesn't really. It's just a bit... Yeah, the first one was very... You knew what you were doing and where you were. But this one, it doesn't have that sort of impetus that 
kick up the backside to drive you to a certain position, but yeah, everything that was good about the previous two is still here now. That's just a personal quibble, I feel. Okay. Right. Moving on to Ben. Uh, um, today I'm um, reviewing Night Raids 1931. Yes. Um, story based in Shanghai during 1931. Um the Imperial Japanese Army is is occupying sections of China and it follows the story about a secret military operation called um, Sakurai. Um, a group of four people, each with like a superpower basically, or special power that they use to um, do covert, covert operations to... Um, try and secure peace within China. And, um... It's... I quite enjoyed it, but it's got two very... subset... It's either very interesting or very boring. It doesn't seem to have an in-between point. Okay. It's like... It either feels like... They've been sitting around for ages and nothing's happening. Or, um... Or there's action that's... And the action is done really nicely. It just doesn't last very long. So I was looking forward to this fight style between two people who could teleport. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is really cool because they're teleporting about and trying to hit each other. And it's really cool. And then it's just sort of over. Like, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah there is a little bit of that. None of the fights seem to carry on. They just get to a certain point, then end. And it just... Everything sort of feels anticlimactic because it's just ending before it's happened. Was it supposed to be like an action series or was it supposed to be more of a thriller? I think it was more aimed towards thriller, but it was just because the action was a lot more interesting than the thriller parts. Okay. It had the problem that I didn't care so much about the thriller because I know the action parts are so much more fun. A good thriller. I'm looking forward to those thriller parts. And just... It's an okay series. It's just... It needed a bit more balancing. Yeah. Um, if they'd... Put more emphasis on the thriller to try and make it a bit more exciting than it was. Uh, or they'd gone more of an action route and focused more on the action. I think it would have been better. But at the moment... But it sort of had a bit of an imbalance on its how they spent their time. Mm. How does it look? Does it look okay? I yeah, it's a very nice looking anime. Like um, the animation's beautiful. Um, I think the setting's really nice because like you don't get many um, animes in that time period because. The world itself is really interesting at the time. Everyone's sort of on the edge of their seats about what's going to happen. Yeah. And, like, when they had episodes that focused just on stuff that was going on around them, they were far more interesting than the ones that had to do with the main plot. It's like, um... There was an episode where they were talking to people whose ground was seized by the Japanese army. Yeah. That was their farmland. And I cared more about these people whose farmland's been taken than I did about the fact that all this stuff was happening when people were trying to derail trains and stuff. Yeah. 
its setting was more interesting than the story, yeah, basically. Sounds like a very unbalanced show. Yeah. Hmm. So, would you recommend to people? Or not? I say, if you've got a bit of spare time, you manage to find the DVDs cheap, it's worth a look, but I'm, it's not worth, like, a full price purchase. So it's, it's like a Netflix title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's on Netflix, I'd have no problem watching it, but yeah. I'm not going to go out and buy the DVDs. Yeah, yeah fair, fair play. Fair enough. Uh, it's, <coughs> it's a fair point. Right. Uh, I am reviewing the uh, movie of Blue Exorcist, or Arno Exorcist. <laughs> Sorry? Hey? Did I miss something about paper? We've got a master and slave situation over here. Blue Exorcist, anyway, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a palm leaf for that. Uh, right, Blue Exorcist, or Arno Exorcist. It's based on the manga uh, that was written and illustrated by Kazuo Kato. Um, the anime series came out a while back and that's already out this is the movie and it follows the uh, continuing adventures of Yukio and Rin Okamura and uh, and their daily adventures at uh, what was it called? The uh, Lightwater Valley no, <laughs> not Lightwater Valley uh, uh, Cross, uh, Holy Cross, Cross Academy or something like that yep. uh, no, True Cross Academy that was it uh, their daily adventures becoming exorcists and being a professional exorcist and an exorcist in training uh, at the True Cross Academy. Film starts off with Yukio, Shiemi, and uh, uh, they're trying to board a train at a station, which is basically a phantom train that eats people and stores their souls as a source of energy kind of thing. Uh, Rin's running late. Uh, eventually, they get there. The exorcism goes badly. The train goes berserk and basically breaks the seals right before this major festival that's held once every 11 years at True Cross Academy happens. And so there's a weakening of demonic seals. And in the middle of all that, Rin meets a little boy called Usamaru. And Usamaru is a demon who's been trapped in a small shrine, and they and basically, it's kind of it's kind of telegraphed that he's a, not as nice as he's as he looks and sounds. It's it sounds basically like any anime movie spin-off has one of these characters. The the, the thing is, uh, the one of the differences here is that Usamaru is actually a fairly likable character. And as a you know, he, as a demon, he's presented as someone who doesn't really understand what he's doing. You know, right. all he's interested in is that is people being happy. That's it. But okay, it kind of so explores like naive innocence. Naive but innocence, but it can't, it does it, it it doesn't go into a lot of detail exploring what happens if everyone in the world is happy. But it does kind of hint at it. Um, given, uh, you know, with Usamaru's past and the reason why he's been imprisoned in a shrine, kind of hints at what happens when everybody's happy. Right. You know, um, so yeah, there's that. But every, obviously, uh, because Usamaru's uh, naive innocence is making everyone happy, things go pear-shaped, yada, yada, yada. And we'll leave that there. As a movie, it works. You know, it's got a, it's got a much tighter storyline than you would find in the main series but again it's kind of just an extended version of an episode mm-hmm. um, I don't well, that think that can be a good thing it can be a good thing Badland, Badlands Rumble for Trigo and that was a great extended episode exactly um, it can be a good thing and it does work up to a point here there are some bits where you can see that they're just stretching it out to fit into the runtime that they've been given 
but you know, and it, uh, but at those points, it's just, and it does get a bit frayed at those points. But overall, it's I wouldn't say it's on the same level as Trigun, Trigun Badlands Rumble, but it's getting there. Okay, you know, cool. it's getting there. Um, it works as a standalone movie because it does cover a little bit of the history as well. So you don't need to have imme- have watched the immediate series to watch this. It's nice if you have, but you don't automatically have to have because it does go a little bit into the history of Rin and Yukio and about their father and their adopted father as well. So that'll be pretty dull for people who are... It's literally over and done within minutes and it's okay, more as a enough, flashback thing. They've been quite thoughtful with uh, with the you know recollections of the past. Yeah. Um, more more of them go on the on the part of Usamaru, but again, it's done very quickly and very neatly. Um, right. In terms of animation, it's you know it's really colourful, it's really vibrant, it's really it's really bright. It's animated well, but it's not brilliant. Um, you can tell they've cut a few corners with the animation. Uh, it does show in certain places. You know, this isn't something me being picky. This is something that is clearly noticeable while you're watching the movie, um, but. And it mainly shows up during action sequences, and there are a lot of action sequences in this movie. It is an action movie. Um, But aside from that, overall, it's very watchable and very entertaining. Um, I do give fair warning, right? The Japanese have a different culture to us, so when, you know, this does have Usamaru, a little boy, as in full frontal nudity of the little boy. Not sexualized, it's just kind of just the thing. It's just Mm -hmm. there. Right. Like Goku in Dragon Ball. Like Goku in Dragon Ball or Beale in Beelzebub. It's just basically, yeah. a, you don't even pay attention to the fact that it's basically a little boy in the nude. You yeah. basically say, uh, you know, because there's usually something that uh, explains why he's like that. You know, he, he, you know, uh, Rin's trying to give him a bath, but he doesn't want to have a, he doesn't want to ha- have his hair washed, and so he's running around, you know, and Rin's yeah, trying yeah. to chase him. Rin's wearing a towel, obviously, because he's much older, you know, but he's doing just basically what kids do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the, it's just re- presenting him as a child, and that's it. Fair enough. Fair you enough. Know? So, but I am giving fair warning there because some people do get offended at stuff like that. But overall, it's a very watchable, very entertaining, and reasonably enjoyable movie. Cool. It's definitely worth a watch. Hi, I'm Luke Searle of LukeSearle.com, that's spelled S-U-R-L, and I create single-panel comics, mostly specialising in puns, ranging from the awful puns to the absolutely terrible groan-worthy puns. And you are listening to The Geek Show. We are talking technology and the internet and stuff. I thought we were talking about Jeremy Kyle. Well, between, uh, while while Mastodon was on, just for the... uh, the nice juxtaposition. Yes. We'd love to see black metal bands, you know, go on and Jeremy Kyle and see how we deal with that. You burnt down a church, you say. Why don't you get a job? It'll be the same as Armel, really. But I'd love it. I'd love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. All uh, the judgmental looks from the middle class people in the crowd. It'd be yeah. look wonderful. Right, uh, we're talking animation and graphic literature. All right, um, there's been a sudden, uh, sudden increase in these MMO-based... Uh, Anime, like Sword Art Online and... I wouldn't just say MMO, just games in general, games well, in anime. Well, no, not just games in anime, it's the MMO version, uh, MMO games in particular that have become, like, uh, that have really taken the line, like Sword Art Online, uh, Axel World, um, Log Horizon, all kind of jumping off the dot hack bandwagon. Why, though? Why now? You know, that sounds like a question you already have the answer to. I don't have the answer to. That's why I'm asking the question. Also, you totally forgot some awards. So, oh, yeah. You know, 
Well, no, Summer Wars it doesn't actually... Uh, it's about actually, the internet. It's, it's about, about the internet, MMO, but it's not based... Actually, it's not an MMO. Well, it was an operating system. Well, yeah, it was a social network. That's why I didn't include Summer Wars. But they have their avatars within the network. Yeah. And they, it's like an MMO. Like, yeah. Know, so no, it had little kind of social network games and stuff like that, but it was basically virtual Facebook crossed with war games. Yeah, so it's more about the internet than an MMO game is. Future yeah. Armour had the internet, that was cool. I like that internet. <laughs> <laughs> Did that have the face of Johnny Depp? No, no, there was no Johnny Depp there. That's a shame. Middle-aged women are disappointed. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, why now then? Why not? Uh, I mean, it, it seems a bit strange to suddenly becoming popular now when Dot .hack was how many years ago? And when it was a big thing? Well, I think more people are familiar with the subject matter. But then again, there has been like little little attempts at things like this for a while. There was like Code Lyoko and uh, Reboot and things like that. Yeah. Reboot was essentially like CGI Tron. <laughs> but it was like the first CGI TV series, wasn't it? Weren't they talking about rebooting Reboot? They Probably. Were, they were talking about it, but no came of it. Calling it re-reboot. I don't know why, but my man's just stuck on Recess right now. Yeah. <laughs> Disney cartoon. Actually, surprisingly, Recess is pretty accurate for playground uh, for cl- playground tribes of that age. Kindergartners. <laughs> Spinoli! <laughs> well, it's just something new, isn't it? There's always, like, that new little marketplace that they're wanting for anime, and I think this is it, really, because games in general, and internet in general, have become much more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's put, like, it's got into culture a lot more, in that, like, if, um, like, me and Ben were in the entertainer, you know, the toy shop, yeah, and we noticed that, like, about, like, at least two-thirds of the stuff in there is based off a game franchise. Yeah. You know, that, like... This is like kids are aware of the internet and games and everything more than they were. It's yeah. a different generation, you know. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose I should uh, I, I should clarify the point a little better. Uh, I'm not talking so much as kind of uh, an anime based on an MMO like Ragnarok or uh, you know Tears to Tiara or any, something like that. I'm talking about an anime where the real world player is trapped in the virtual game. And has to make well, adjustments because in a way, they're trapped there. In a way, it's more likely to be someone's leisure activity to play on an MMO or something than it is to be uh, hmm. like playing in a in a club doing uh, you know sports and things. Well, yeah. it's, it's more not, people are doing that sort of thing. It so. has been yeah. played around with as paprika is basically the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. it can be done in an intelligent way. Yeah, totally inco- incoherent, but it's intelligent. I think. I'll get Maybe. the song stuck in my head from the uh, parade. <laughs> I think it's intelligent. I'm not quite sure what it is, but there we go. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, paprika it's... makes sense. If where's you're the, li- off of where's the lines? Where's the lines, <laughs> man? I don't it, know where. No, you... no. If you take it off things, paprika makes total sense. It's like Disney versus David Lynch. It's, it's just the weirdest thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at anime as like Batum. It starts out. He starts out. It's like, oh, I'm playing an MMO about bombs, and it's, oh no, I'm on an island playing as a bomber. You make it sound like a terrorist training camp. <laughs> sort of is. <laughs> I think maybe the point is they're trying to say that games are like a terrorist training training camp. You know that sort of um, that media sort of thing that say like, oh, uh, these people playing shooters are learning to. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> it was really good, uh, what was it called, the two American um, magi- uh, magicians, Penn, Penn and Teller. Yeah. It's a really good show on that about, you know, giving a kid who, uh, could, <laughs> who plays Call of Duty all the time, giving him a gun. He started crying when he fired a gun, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's well, terrified of it. Teller catches it in his teeth or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, was yeah a, it was an amazing, you know, double episode there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so, yeah, uh, any ideas as to why they're becoming popular then? Because it's the newest thing, isn't it? Because more people are familiar with it. We, we've yeah. kind of answered this question, dude, and you've an- asked it again and again. Sorry, I just read the wrong thing. Um, are web comics really as popular as people like to believe? No, no. There's good ones, popular ones within that, but yeah, uh, it's just they still play I second keep, fiddle to traditional comics. I keep by hearing people you say that, but like, do you know the actual sales figures on most comics? And that well, it's still more consistent than you know. So yeah, but then if you compare that to the amount of views on a popular web comic. And like the yeah, uh, how much of that is though the work that like the browser doesn't work? You got to keep on yeah. and refresh. Well, in terms I imagine that factors in the way. Clear, clear your cashier. Some of the bigger clear. ones like have been able to make it into a career. They've been made, well, yeah, yeah, but that's like you know one in a hundred or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, how much a, of that is based on the merchandise that they generate? Well, yeah, but that's the same with uh, animation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, there is popular examples for sure. I'm not going to dispute that, but. And it's probably the same. It's still still a new form, really. The, the traditional comic book model is probably based more on m- merchandise to uh, to actually like make it's, money it's, than it's it like is a, on the comics. It's like no budget filmmaking. Loads of people can do it now, so they are. <laughs> and just because all that's out there doesn't mean any of it is good. Yeah. So it's still really fine in its feet. And I think self publishing is exactly the same. Uh, yeah. Web comics is exactly the same. Loads of people doing it. Most of it is trash, but. It's just fine in its feet. There's the odd gem in there. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you've got course. to search really hard for it. Yeah. Well, the creators of Penny Arcade gave the advice. Uh, someone was like, how, how can I have a, a webcomic as big as yours? And they were like, start yesterday and never stop. Yeah. But they were there at the right time, doing yeah. the right thing. And uh, they weren't better than anyone else out there. They were just consistent, consistent to the point where they got... Persistence is what gets into I, I, I hate to say it, but it, it's... It is. It, it, it's becoming more and more true uh, as time goes on, or maybe just because I'm getting older. But youth of today have no stamina. The they can't start. They can't start something and stick with it. I think the more interesting thing about web comics is just the experimentalism in there. <laughs> oh yeah, there's like a platform there with no yeah. sort of you know uh, publishers breathing down your neck. So there's all sorts of like topic matters and subject matters going on in there like uh, LGBT stuff and yeah. all sorts going on it's just a really positive yeah. you know breeding ground but there is a lot of tat yes uh, there is oh yeah a whole you know, lot of tat the <laughs> fan fiction and some of it isn't positive no no you know, some not. of it's very very negative um, and what was that show recently the uh, what was it called the, the sort of re- reality TV show about these people these webcomic uh, there's a strip search. I that was the that was one. Pretty good. That was the one. Yeah, yeah. So it is growing as an industry yeah. purse. It was uh, actually really nice compared to things like uh, America's Top Model or stuff like that. So what's, yeah. your, what's your sub story? The, yeah, they didn't <laughs> go into that. They just drew and had fun. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. 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 Harry, nice. Actually, there's a, an interview with, yeah, with Abby with Abby from yeah, uh, Harry did it a while. Yeah. Back, yeah. yeah. Uh, on our YouTube channel, isn't it? Yeah, I've watched it. Um, I like her webcomic as well, Junior Scientist Power Hour. Yeah, there's a mouthful. <laughs> right, um, we're coming up to the end of the show. We've got about seven minutes left, guys. So, very quick pick of the geek for you. Uh, 
Your favorite MMO or uh, sorry, uh, no, uh, your favorite internet-based cartoon or anime, or your favorite web comic or comic or manga based on the internet. That's a tricky one. Bravest heroes. Bravest warriors. Oh, warriors. He likes it so much he can't remember the name. Yep. Bravest warriors is on Cartoon Hangover on YouTube. It goes straight up there when it's uh, done. It's by Pendleton Ward, the guy who did Adventure, Adventure Time. Time. Yep. And it's uh, really good. They're into the second season, about episode nine, something like that. But it's starting to get... The, there's a lot of little plot threads coming together now and a lot of weird stuff with the worm. Uh, the worm? Don't question the worm. The worm. <laughs> I'm really confused now. It's an interdimensional beast of some sort that's been manipulating events from behind the scenes. Was it like Hypnotoad? Basically. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the mice from Hitchhikers. Ralph Waldo Pickle Chips is the key. So it is like the mice from Hitchhikers. Something Int- like that. Interdimensional beings that, uh, that who can only appear in our dimension as mice. I don't know, but it's blown the mind of a paralysed horse. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> any, any for you guys then? Lords, um, Gunner Creek Court is a really good webcomic that's very experimental with its art style at times. Yeah. But um, very, very nice. It explores the theme of, like, um, like nature versus academia and, um, like, tribal sort of content, concepts and abstract ideas and how that meshes well with, like, higher learning and stuff. It's, yeah, it's kind of... It's like Harry Potter if it was a little bit more of an acid trip and philosophy. And wrote by an actual writer. <laughs> That'd be a start. Yeah, it's based in a school, so that's, 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 yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the common ground. That'll do. <laughs> okay. And I, I like pretty much anything that goes up on Cartoon Hangover, like uh, Being Puppycat is also really good. I'm not getting into that yet. That just sounds like an acid only, I'm holding back for now. There's only one episode of Being Puppycat. They did a Kickstarter to, yeah, to get a series. Them. But, um, yeah, she's a really easy to identify with, with character. She just can't hold down a job because yeah. reasons. Well, and then a puppy cat yeah. shows up. Okay. It's better than it sounds from that description. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was this a cat own hangover? Yeah. 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 yeah right. Okay. Um, we're going to have to end the show there, guys. Um, so, remind us again when SunnyCon is, Tucky? June 21st, 22nd. And how much tickets? £25 weekend, £10 under 12s, £20 day tickets, £15 board party tickets. Bound your banana. <laughs> <laughs> we do take bribes in piss. Strawberries, pound upon it, pound upon it. <laughs> yeah, um, we have been The Geek Show. Uh, we'll see you all next week. I've been Rob. I've been Rob as well. I'm Dave, just to be different. I'm Ben. And I'm Tucky. Good night. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Just uh, just remember, if you want to get in touch with us, studio at thegeekshow.co.uk. Uh, our next quiz will be at some point. In the future. <laughs> yeah, definitely like that. <laughs> Put it in your calendars. Yes. <laughs> Ruin your calendars. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, we'll see everyone uh, next week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, yes, studio at geekshow.co.uk or at TGS underscore the Geek Show on Twitter. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.